when we honor one another in the body, there is a principle that is directly from the heart of God that opens up in front of us. When we honor his glory, the glory of the Father descends upon us. And so when there's a reciprocal honor that flows between nations, genders, peoples, I don't know where she is, but let me just say this. I, I, wanted, I feel like I, I need to say this. I want to honor, who could stand in for Uli? This is actually for Herrenhut. And for the Herrenhutters who carried a mantle to reach every indigenous people group from here. We're standing in a place where there was a mandate to send people from the prayer watch the watch of the Lord, and yeah, Marin, come up here. Marin. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to present this as an honor gift to the Moravians, the Heron Hooters that are here. It's a word that was given by Billy Graham in 1975, speaking to the Navajo Nation on Turtle Island, and he said to them, he said to them, you are a sleeping giant, the original American. You are now awakening. Just around the corner, you may become a spiritual superpower in this country that could change not only America, but the world. And so it's a declaration of this photo. You see the chief there and Billy Graham on the corner, and you see the warrior with arrows. And it's the declaration that says the sleeping giant sleeps no more. And so I want to just present this to the Herrenhooters. And in your bloodline and in your family trees, you were the seed that the Father used to awaken nations. And so we come back and we return. And the reason why I wanted Uli up here is because on one of my visits here, this is my fourth time here, she called me into this little corner and she said, Mary... She said, we feel that you are the first fruits of the indigenous people that were the Moravians were sent forth to reach. And so receiving me in that place, it was such a place of humility and also a place of the colliding with destiny in the storyline of what the Father had in mind for all peoples. So this is my gift to all of you. Is Dean here? Dean Briggs? I know he was back here talking. So there was another prophecy that was given by Bob Jones. This is a picture of the apostolic chiefs arising. And so Bob Jones gave a prophetic word that said when the chiefs win the Super Bowl, there is a football team called the Super Bowl, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you will know that revival is about to come. God is raising up his apostolic chiefs. And so our friend James Nesbitt, who's an artist, a prophetic artist, you know him. So on 2-2-2020, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And there was a crescendo again of God's heart in his prophetic voice that was rising amongst the people of the land in America. So this is for Dean. I don't know where he's at. But. 
So I just wanted to honor those voices of the past who are now in the eternal realm. Very quickly, I want to just say this. We are in a summit. We're not in a conference. I've said this before. We're in a summit, and when we're called to a summit, we are called to come up higher. And when we ascend to the summits, we are not engaging with low-level things, right? The chaos of our day, the chaos in the voices of our day, when we are invited to come up higher, we literally are at the mountaintop, on the peaks, and on the crowning, the crown places. It also can be described as a high point, as a high, Dean, there's a gift for you right there. It's a zenith, and it's also the finest place. We might say the finest hour. Yes. Come on. <laughs> a summit can also be the heads of governments meeting. Might we say the heads of state? And if we're talking about the ecclesia today, we are the governing body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have been called together to come to the pinnacle of the Lord, hear from him, and when we come off the mountain, we deliver what he has spoken to us. So stay with me. So that is the until is an indication of continuance. We stay until. Until speaks of an action or a condition. And it speaks of a specified time. We've been talking about times and seasons, allocated times for when, until, right? And in this company of people, this company of watchmen and prophetic people, we are talking about until the fulfillment of what the Father promised through his prophets. Some scriptures of until. The Luke 18 widow, you know her. Because she persisted, and she, because this widow, the unjust judge says, because this widow continues to bother me, the widow that kept going to the judge, the unjust judge, how many of us, when we see injustice, it curtails our mission, it curtails our push through, right? Because we're intimidated by injustice. But here's the widow, and she said, and she continues to come before the unjust judge. And then the writer says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God defend, protect, and avenge who cry out night and day? This is that company. Are you the persistent widow who will come against all odds, against all oppositions, against every former opposition of the past and press through to see justice come for your people, for your nation, and for what the Father has given to you to lay a hold of it according to his mandates? What about the midnight friend in Luke 11? This midnight friend comes knocking at midnight, right? How inconvenient. And he, it says of him that there's a shameless persistence and insistence of this friend that comes knocking on the door. And the writer says, keep on asking. 
Just keep on asking. Be shameless in your persistence in asking again and again. What about David? Until I find a resting place, Psalm 132, until there's a habitation for the mighty one of Jacob. What about Isaiah 42, verse 4? We're talking about the servant, the servant, the here's my servant elect. Number four, it says, till he has established justice on the earth. He does not break the bruised reed. He does not snuff out the smoldering wick until, and he stands until he establishes justice on the earth. Jesus' words to his disciples, Luke 24, 49, remain in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. I believe we are called to the summit until we are clothed with power from on high. We cannot get it from political opinion. We cannot get it from popular vote. We get it when we are clothed with power from on high. Just a few prophetic observations. This is my fourth time in Herrenhut. As we were traveling, we began to see the number four. Four, 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 four. And number four is the door, right? The Dalit. And he said this to me. He said, walk only through the doors that I open. Because I saw many doors. Because not all doors are ours to walk through. This is a time of walking in discernment. It is key. We have to walk with discernment. There can be no more presumption or even assumptions that we can just do whatever we have done before in the past. We live in a new time. We live in a new season. The fourth day in God's created order, he created light, right? The demarcation of time. We've been talking about times and seasons. And it's also about the moed, the moedim. The appointed times, there will always be four seasons, right? Because he appointed it. And so we come into contact, we come into a place of walking into those moed moments. And we've had many of those in the last four years, that we've, uh, two years that we've been on the global watch. Fourth, the f- number four is also symbolic of the largest grain crop. Barley. Now, those of you that understand the barley harvest, it's a significant harvest. It's the first fruit, the, the, the first grain that we offer and present to the Lord. A lot of times between Passover and Pentecost, it speaks of, it speaks of the times where the first crop, it, re, it represents the first crop. It also symbolizes the cutting how many of us have been cut? There's a lot of cutting off that needs to happen as we advance into the ecclesia. There's a threshing time. There's a separating and a cleaning of individual grains from the mature plant that is the barley. And as we move forward, we are the barley 
We are like the remnant, right? The first fruit offering to the Lord. And out of Heronhood, I believe that's really significant. Because there's a small company of us here. When we think of crossing over doors, there's a threshold, is there not? You cross over the doorway, symbolically crossing into the next place. Threshold is also a measure of pain. It's many times symbolized during a time of birthing. Many of you are being birthed into the new in this time and season. It's also symbolically is about the boiling point or the tipping point. We've been talking about the bowls of heaven. There is a tipping point. We are on the cusp of a tipping point moment. What if you and your prayer... What if you and your people group, your prayers becomes the tipping point for your nation, for your people to see the victory and to see the advancement of God's heart for your people? We are also standing in the 300th anniversary of Heronhut. This became confirmation to me as I began to realize Gideon's army in Jezreel was 300. There is a barley loaf that will overturn structures in our day. Do you remember in the dream, Gideon overhears a man dream, talking about his dream, and he said, and I began to see a barley loaf rolling down the hill. You, you know the story. You can read it. And it's talking about, <clears throat> it's talking about the, a Gideon army, a remnant for the Lord and for Gideon. I believe the barley loaves that will roll down systems of the past will overturn the camp of the enemy. We're talking about overturning paradigms. We're talking about mind shifts. We're talking about shifting into the new where the Lord begins to use the barley loaves to overturn hierarchy. It looks different. It will look different. It will not be comfortable. 300 also is symbolic and it points to reconciliation among the brothers. Joseph's captivity, his story. At the end, when he reveals himself to his brothers in Egypt, he gives Benjamin, the youngest of the brothers, 300 pieces of silver. And five changes of clothing above and beyond what was given to the elder brothers. And three and silver is the medal of redemption. Redemption. This is a day of redemption where the nations of the earth, the redemptive purpose of every nation will be seen on the face of the earth. And number five, the number of grace. Number five, changes of clothing. Number, the grace that to, upon every nation and people. Changing of the garments. Might we say changing mantles even. New mantles given to the nations for redemption. There was a time in Jeremiah. Jeremiah was this intercessor. We call him the weeping prophet. 
And he would come into intervals regularly, in, regularly coming into a place where he was like, come on, people, listen to me. And in this one sense, Jeremiah 15, there comes to a teshuva moment where the father, he and the father are engaging. And he is talking and he said, have I not done this? And then the father says to him, if you will put away that mistaken tone of distrust, if you will do this and put that away and turn away and return to, to what he has called him, he said, then you will be my mouthpiece. I submit to you as the nations of the earth, if we will in the delay of the promises that God has given to our people groups, if we will, in the delay, lay aside and separate the precious from the vile and turn and make a complete turn and say, we will trust in the Lord. He will come through. He will come through. Those are just a few prophetic observations that I've had as I've come to Heronhood. So, Father, I ask for the people all of us in this, it's me, we, us. I love that. The me, we, us. All of us in our collective storyline. As watchmen. Father, I thank you for those teshuva moments. I thank you where we look again at what you have placed in our care. And we look again at your promises. And we put away the mistaken tones of distrust. Father, that you are faithful and you are good. Father, I thank you for the perseverance and the shameless persistence of every watchman in this room coming before you and asking again. And we say, Father, we thank you for open doors for their nations. So the Indigenous People's Watch was started in 2021. The Native American Watch was started November 2nd, 2016. February 1st, 2021, we launched the Indigenous Watch, the Global Watch for all Indigenous peoples. I just want to say, I want to honor my husband, John. This is his first time I call him my Barack because do you know when Barack knew Deborah says there was no judge in the land until I Deborah stood up and it was Barack that said I will not go unless you go contrary to the school of thought that's always the man that has to take the lead. And I just honor John. I say, I always call him, he's my Barack. Because it takes strong men to be married to strong women. <laughs> so, Father, we call forth the strong men. Warriors. Warriors of prayer. Warriors of faith. Warriors that are helpmates to their women, yeah, partnered with women on the earth for the glory of Yeshua. 
So the Indigenous Watch is the first Tuesday of the month, one time, on the Jerusalem time. First Tuesday, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time, we have the Indigenous Watch that we have launched since February 1st, 2021. And we launched it on the premise that forgiveness is the way forward. If you are, if you have any kind of school of thought about indigenous people, we all have the same story. It's the story of colonialism. It's the story of much conquest, a lot of bloodshed, innocent bloodshed, to arise into our God-given purpose. We cannot wait for the governments of the earth to say, we're so sorry for what we've done to you. We lay hold of the promises of God. And we lay hold of forgiveness that unlocks us into our destined purpose. And into the voice into which God has called us to step into. The calling. I want to just say this. In my leadership, there's always a need for a co-leader. One who would understand the premise from which we are walking. We don't rehash history and pain and trauma as we talked about this morning for the sake of just talking about it. There has to be a redemptive purpose. And it can be done by men and women of faith who are walking in that place of redemption and forgiveness. So I want to just announce, I wish she was here with us. Maybe she's watching. We want, I want to announce that Mary Karaka, many of you have heard her speak. Mary Karaka Tawa, the Maori people of New Zealand, they are the furthest, the ends of the earth, they always say. And so when we talk about them, I always say they're already in tomorrow, right? So we always say they're the forerunners, the forerunners of our nations. So she is a woman of honor, of distinction, and she understands the first peoples. And so she, is, she and I will be co-leading this moving forward, and she already is a big help to, to myself. We interact regularly, one-on-one, -on -one, just to hold each other accountable with some of our things that we share with the nations. I also want to say there's, there is a First Nations New Testament and First Nations version in the New Testament that, that, was, that is now maybe at least a year old or so. Some of you on the watches have heard me talk about it. Feel free to get your copy. They are now launching Psalm and Proverbs in the languages. We talk about intersecting with the timeline of what God is doing in the nations. After 400 years, we have a First Nations version of the Bible where our people can connect. And it really is a very interesting version if you've not, if you're not familiar with the way we think as tribal people, it opens your eyes to many things. So I just want to highlight that only because it's, there's other nations that begun to capture and catch the wave of this version of the Bible that they are asking. They are asking if they could use it because there are so many touch points in the Bible that speak to our indigenous peoples that can open the way forward to the message of hope and create a new and living way amongst all nations. Acts 3.21, I'm sorry, Acts 17.26, 
the nations, we talk about the nations of the earth. And we're not just talking about nations according to the boundaries that man has set in place. But we're talking about the ethnos that the Father created before the foundations of the earth. And he begins to call them forth. We talk about the 70 bloodlines right and we talk about the seven continents of the earth and the tribes that he placed on every indigenous territory and so in in acts 17 26 it says from one common blood from one source and when we talk about seasons and months when there is a month that where he calls us back to the original source every year we go back to the original source which is the father of us all right and if we capture that essence we know that it's talking about the nations of the earth the ethnos and how about if i tell you that the ethnos what if there is we talk about the lump right the east right if one lump is holy then the whole i'm saying it wrong but you know what i'm you get the picture yeah, yeah. the whole lump is holy what if we get a remnant a believer out of every tribe every language, come on, come on. every nation. How about it? And it be, the lump becomes holy unto the Lord.